This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So today, we have a very important show, and we will speak with Molly Portera, Director and Division of Outreach and Training at the Department of Mental Health, and Sandra Parks, Director of the Division of Children and Youth at DMH as well. Also, about their Suicide Prevention Symposium and the Trauma Conference coming up is two. Also, Teresa Mosley, Chair of the Board of Mental Health, is here to speak about suicide prevention, and she will share her personal story as well. Plus, we'll talk about the latest headlines and the weekly roundup and you can be part of the show so just give us a call at 877 mpb ring that's 877-672-7464 or you can email us at marshall at mpbonline.org this is now you're talking on mpb think radio and we'll be right back after the news MPB News is leading the way, covering stories that matter to Mississippians with five first-place awards from the Associated Press, including breaking news, radio achievement, and public affairs reporting. Your source for a deeper look at today's top story is MPB News. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday, by the way. Uh, We have an incredibly important show today because September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Today we're going to speak with our good friends from the Department of Mental Health, Molly Patera, who's Director of the Division of Outreach and Training, and Sandra Parks, Director of the Division of Children and Youth, about their Suicide Prevention Symposium and Trauma Conference that's coming up. Also, uh, Teresa Mosley is Chair of the Board of Mental Health, and she'll be here to speak a little bit about suicide prevention as well and to share her own personal story. So it's going to be an incredibly powerful show. Thank you for joining us, and it's always glad that you're listening. As we have found out, more and more of you are listening, and just thank you. I, I just wanted to be grateful to start the month that way as well. Michelle's behind the uh, magic glass. <laughs> Hello. How are, you, how are you today, my Good friend? Good morning. I am great. It's Monday. It's a little drizzly, but it's Monday. We start another week. I am happy. Yeah, you know, it's one of those, you, you know, it's Monday because I did my boot camp this morning and I went out to go run a couple miles afterwards mm-hmm. because I'm insane like that. <laughs> and I found out they had locked me in the stadium. So it took me like 20 minutes before I finally saw the custodian that she was coming through to clean some of the offices. And I'm like, hello. So I did get out. So anyway, um, I was thinking, boy, what a great way to start the week. Exactly. All's good now. Big weekend over the weekend. I hope you had a good one. I did. I had a relaxing weekend. Yeah, that's that's important. You know, I did. It's like we went out of town the week before, so I don't think we ever recovered uh, <laughs> from you know the trip and so forth. But there was a lot of really cool stories in the news over the weekend, and yeah. one of them happened right here in Mississippi on the coast. In fact, it's made national news. This is what's so awesome about this: Washington Post, ABC News, USA Today. Young lady who is an incredible lady anyway, young lady. She's, um, I guess she's a senior at Ocean Springs High School. Her name's Kaylee Foster. And Kaylee was actually in the Trent Lott Leadership Institute. She was picked as a freshman. So she is a really, really sharp young, uh, just great kid, great student. Anyway, she is the kicker for the football team. But the, the other night, this is what makes the story so great. So at, at halftime, you know, of course, she gets named homecoming queen which is pretty darn cool, right? And then at the very end, so they're playing George County, and it goes into overtime. George County scores a touchdown in overtime, and you're thinking, oh, no, you know, this is they miss the extra point. So Ocean Springs turns around, and they score. So suddenly Kaylee's right in the position to be able to win the game, and she kicks it, boom, just splits Upright. She wins the game. So she's homecoming queen and she wins the game as well. And it just was such a great story. There was a video online of the end where everybody just mobs her. And I love this quote. 
I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be homecoming queen, but I was pretty sure I was going to make that quick. So you got to love that kind of confidence. I like it. It shows that women can do anything. We can go from homecoming queen to football kicker. I mean, that's just wonderful. Well, the thing is, and I, you know, I played football, and when I took off my helmet, it was ugly. (laughs) And she had her helmet off, and she still looked, you know, great. So I was was very impressed. But a nine-year-old, she overheard a nine-year-old girl say, she's the kind of girl I want to be. Mm. And you know what? I, I agree. So there you go. Hmm. I just thought that was fantastic. And, of course, she ended up having to take the ACT the next day. Oh, wow. She had a busy weekend. She (laughs) had a very busy weekend as well. And I want to throw out a quick um, congratulations to my good friend Sid Salter. Many of you know Sid is a longtime columnist in the state of Mississippi. He also works up in Mississippi State now as their public information guy. Sid um, has spent the last year just absolutely battling and beating lymphoma and leukemia, and he beat them both. He's in remission. He's doing great. And he got a gift over the weekend, his, his daughter, Kate, who I watched Kate grow up because Sid and I sat next to each other for 10 years. Mm. And I watched, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm learning about Jordan growing up, too. You know, <laughs> you, you work with somebody, you kind of live through their children a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, Kate had their, her first child, had a granddaughter named Aline Jones Gregory, and mm. beautiful little girl. And just seeing the picture of Sid there, it just makes me very happy because he's had such a rough, rough go with the leukemia, Hmm. too. Buddy East, the sheriff up in Lafayette County, which is up in the Oxford area, he passed away over the weekend at age 76. Buddy, for many of you who do not know this, was the longest serving sheriff in the history of Mississippi. Mm. History of Mississippi. I'm not just talking serving currently. He had been serving since 1972. And was on his 12th term. And I think if I've got this right, it was 46 years. I'm, I, don't ask me to do math on a Monday. The record nationally was 47 years. So he almost actually broke the national record, too. But um, his son is also the chief of the Oxford Police Department. And so I just wanted to throw this out there that my heart goes out to the whole family and uh, everybody who knew him. Because you, you can't serve in that position for that long and not be known by everybody on the planet on that. So that's pretty tough. A lot of football all over the weekend. Michelle, do you watch a lot of football all the weekend? No, I'm not a football person. Oh my I gosh. I watched Black Girls Rock last night. Um I loved it. It was a great show. I also watched um let's see Watch some movies. I said when I said I relaxed, I really relaxed. I watched the last finale of Power. <laughs> I'm a power um mm-hmm. junkie. I love that. So I really watched what I wanted to watch. Did relaxed. you watch Miss America last night? I did not because it not overlapped yeah, um, with either. Black yeah. Girls Rock. And when I realized, uh, did our Miss well, Mississippi a- see Asia Brand? She she rocked. She did not get it to the top fifteen, which okay. was kind of sad. But she had. I mean, everybody that knows her just says she's just incredible. She I mean, is. And I know some people that have taught her that just think the world of her. Um, she had a fantastic platform, you know, because she's like help, trying to help people whose parents are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. incarcerated. I thought that was really good, too. You know, I hate that, didn't, that she didn't scratch a little bit higher on that. I didn't watch it at a different format mm-hmm. last night, which wasn't why I didn't watch it. I was actually doing homework last night. I was being incredibly boring. Mm. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's in my life now. But, yeah, on the football front, at least on the, the college football, you know, we – Ole Miss was playing Southern Illinois University, and it, it's like they scored 30. Southern Illinois University mm-hmm. scored 38 for halftime points. I mean, it was just like it's things like a basketball game. <laughs> but the, the score was yeah. so high. And then they held them to three points in the second half, and, and Ole Miss ended up winning 76 to 41. It wasn't close, but it was scary there for a while. And, of course, Mississippi State went out to Kansas State. And one too. So oh, that's that, good that for good. Mississippi. And it was good. And uh, let's see, gosh, Southern Miss, they lost. I hate that. Um, Alcorn just slaughtered Louisiana College. It was 78 to nothing. Wow. And then it rained out the um, Memphis game. It lightened out Jackson State's game. Yes. I mean, we really did not get to play. And that's um, a big, big tailgating big party. Everyone goes to Memphis and they have a big game. Tom Joyner um, morning show was there Friday. Oh, wow. And they I saw the pictures. They when they're going to replay it, aren't they? Well, I don't know if they, they're going to. They say, um, oh, really? And seriously, they're saying we don't know. Like you said, they have to fit in in the schedule. Yeah. So, so to redo a big game like that, I don't know if they're going, going to, but I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed, but they still have fun, you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do one of those deals where they just kept delaying, 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 and they ended up playing at four in the morning. Oh, God. I've been to those before. That's four rough. o'clock in the morning? Yeah. My. Well, not till four. I'm maybe exaggerating <laughs> here, but seriously, it got over like at two. Oh, my. Like, oh, that's insane. Oh, my. So on that, uh, Burt Reynolds passed away last week. Yeah. i got to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I, 
when he died, you know, of course he hadn't been in a lot of movies. He was in one last year and he was actually about to start filming another movie. He passed away from a heart attack. Um, but gosh, I started thinking about all the movies he had been in. Good grief. And then I started quoting all the movies that he'd been in, you know, like smoking the bandit. I remember my, my parents, the first time that came on cable, they were like, Oh, you can't watch that. The language is terrible in it. It was horrible. Now I watch it now and it's like, it sounds like me driving in Atlanta. So it's really not that bad. So, but anyway, yeah, that was tough. I hate this. The bad part about getting older, you know, when you start seeing your icons like that pass away, it's like, there's no way Burt Reynolds could have been 81, 82 years old. That's insane. But he was, and he had an incredible career, a good run. So, And he looked good, too. But, you know, I was thinking, we're, we've been losing a lot of, you know, celebrities lately and yeah. things like that. But I looked at my boyfriend this weekend, I thought about it. No one lives forever. So it doesn't matter if you're Michael Jackson, if you're Burt Reynolds, an, um, Aretha Franklin. Well, and, and how I look at it is how they live their life, and did they get, I mean, when obviously somebody like Prince or Michael mm-hmm. Jackson or somebody Whitney. passes... Whitney, mm-hmm. they die. And well, Whitney particularly, good grief. You know, you just felt like there was so much talent still right. left in right. her. And that whole deal with the, with the drugs and so forth, which always seems to be a common denominator with a lot of people who pass it away does. early. Well, we talk about what we're going to talk about today, you know, Suicide Prevention Month. Yeah. And uh, we just had another um, celebrity uh, kill himself. Um, was it? Oh, um not kill himself, but Mac uh, overdose. Yeah, right, the, overdose. the rapper. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mac um, Mac Miller. Yeah, and I, you and, know, I'd heard him, but I wasn't that familiar with him. And then my fifteen-year-old's like, "Oh yeah, this is over again. Uh-huh. Tell me all about him." It's like, okay, so, and so I had to sit down and talk to him about. But it a, a lot bit. of people are talking about that. That in the, I know I have a teenager, you know, in in yeah. the music, and and they love the music, but we have to be very careful of what we're putting in our children's minds, what the ideas, the uh, what we glamorize, what we think is cool, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff. You know, it was that way That's, when we were kids, but mm-hmm. it's like on steroids now. It is. And no pun intended on the on that, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's like it's so much more difficult, and you know, our parents could control. What we saw a lot easier than our kids do. With social media and internet, the whole, it yeah, is I'm harder. Up the phone right now, they it got the whole really world right is. There. And you know, we do have the experts here to talk about that. We're going to talk about on the parent side of what can we do as parents to. Well, not shelter, but you want to, you don't want your child to be succumb to um, society. You don't. How do you, this is the trick, and mm-hmm. this, and, and I hope they touch on this. How do you teach your child to be resilient? Because really, honestly, they're going to be bombarded with so many different things. And, you know, that's the life skill I think every kid needs to be able to do when they do get knocked back to not think it's the end of the world. How do they sit and, you know, how can they recover and how can they go forward and learn from the situation instead of it destroying them? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, like I said, this the reason this show is going to be so important today. Like I've, I've got two or three friends who lost their children to suicide and they're that destroyed them too because they're just like asking questions what could i have done and and you know it's like mm-hmm. that's probably of what we need to talk about a little mm-hmm. bit because there's a lot of people right now thinking what can i do mm-hmm. so this is going to be a wonderful show and of course you can be part of it you can give us a call at 877-672-7464 there you go <laughs> that last digit was just getting to me there as well we're going to take a quick break and we'll get back to welcome our guests molly patera sandra parks and Teresa mosley this is now you're talking on mpb think radio a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. 
Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Hey, September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and according to the Mississippi Department of Mental Health, suicide is the third leading cause of death for Mississippians between the ages of 10 and 24 years old. That, folks, is a tragedy. Each year, more than 41,000 individuals die by suicide, leaving behind their friends and family members to navigate the tragedy of loss. And today, we welcome Molly Portera and Sandra Parks with the Department of Mental Health. Plus, we have the honor of talking with Teresa Mosley, who lost her daughter to suicide and now uses her experience to bring light to mental health. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank so much. You. Thank you all so, so much for coming in today. This, I mean, like I said, this is such an incredibly important show, and uh, I couldn't do it without you, so thank you. Um, we'll just go ahead and go around the microphone, and Molly, you can start and just introduce yourself, tell a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I'm Molly Pratera. I work with the Mississippi Department of Mental Health, and I'm the director of the Division of Outreach and Training. Um, and so I've, I've recently taken on that role, and for the last year I was director of suicide prevention, so have some experience in the field and um, and happy to be here. Thank well, congratulations you. on the new job. Oh, thank you so Yeah, much. that's great. Sandra? Okay. I'm Sandra Parks, and I'm the Director of Children and Youth Services at the Department of Mental Health, um, where I have been for 21 years now. Wow. And um, our division um, develops and implements um, programs for children's mental health across the state, and we work with numerous providers um, and ensuring that quality services are in place, as well as providing training and technical assistance. Right, excellent as well. And Teresa, who just pulled in on two wheels, I mean, just literally. One, yeah, you literally had one of those Monday kind of experiences. Uh, Teresa, just tell a little bit about what you do, too. Okay, I'm Teresa Mosley, and first and foremost, I am the mother of two daughters, one Emily, who is a beginning her senior year at the University of Alabama, so I have to give out a roll tide, <laughs> and then I have a daughter, Elizabeth, who is eternally 15 and a half years old, because 12 years ago, on June the 13th, 2006, um, after suffering from anxiety and depression, she uh, made the decision to take her own life. Since then, I've become involved with the Department of the Board of Mental Health, where I was just elected chairman. Oh, this wow. Teresa, I, I tell you what, I think that's in a very important place to start. And just tell a little bit more about the story and about her life. Um, Elizabeth was uh, my first daughter. She was um, very creative, um, very kind and compassionate, loved by her, all of her friends, a loyal friend. Um, however, during the seventh grade, she began to develop anxiety. And um, we went through all the right channels through her pediatrician, who referred us on to a child psychiatrist, who uh, we went through a regimen of medications and talk therapy every month. And uh, the condition just continued to worsen, worsen, deteriorate into depression through the eighth grade. In the ninth grade, um, seemed, things seemed to be a little better. Uh, first semester, there was a young man in her class, her graduating class, which would have been 2009, who took his own life in December. Oh, wow. And I can remember talking to her about it. We're very open about mental health issues in our family and uh, talking about how um, sad it must be for someone to be so sad and, you know, that they would consider taking their own life. And so she con continued to struggle through second semester of ninth grade. Behaviors changed. She went from a very rule-governed, high-achieving uh, child to getting detentions and wow. uh, changing her behaviors, which is something that neither I nor her teachers really recognized as a serious, serious characteristic yeah. behavior of someone who was suffering from a mental health issue. And we knew that she was suffering from anxiety and depression. However, toward the end of the semester, things got better. She perked up. I thought, you know, this has just been normal teenage angst that was a little bit, you know, uh, excessive, but it looked like things were going to be okay. And um, she went ahead, finished ninth grade. Things were great. A couple of weeks later, um, she asked if a childhood friend from Vicksburg, where we used to live, could come over and spend the weekend. And I thought, this is great, because she had removed herself from social situations, except with a couple of friends. And um, the young lady came over and spent the week with us, weekend with us. And on Tuesday, June the 13th, she left to go home. Uh, we watched a movie as a family. Uh, Elizabeth went up to bed at about 930, and I didn't know it at the time. 
but the coroner confirmed the next morning that at about 11.30, she left us. Wow. Um, that's a sad story in and yeah. of itself. Um, the other sad part about it, though, is that she had actually told two friends that she was going to do this. And at 15 years old, you don't know what to do with that kind of information, right. you know. And, you know, when I questioned them, of course, I was not angry with them. But when I questioned them, why didn't you tell me, you know, they said, well, we thought she just wanted attention. Or it may have been that they felt like they would be disloyal to her. Yeah. Um, but that is my main concern right now is that teachers have not been aware of what to look for with kids who are suffering. And also our teenagers don't know how to deal with it, whether it's themselves mm-hmm. or whether it is a friend that has expressed, you know, some conversation about, you know, wanting to take their own life. Well, it sounds like you had done everything right, too. That's what so, has to be so frustrating. At least you thought you were doing everything right. Right. And as a mother, I mean, you want to fix everything. You right. have an ear infection, you take them to the doctor, the doctor fixes it. Um, I really think that Elizabeth wanted me to fix her, and yeah. I desperately wanted to fix her. But I did do everything I thought that we should do, mm-hmm. and obviously... You know, on that evening, the the um, pain of living exceeded yeah. the fear of dying, and that was just, you know, the way she chose to deal with it. I've heard somebody describe it as that literally you're treading water and you just get tired. Right. And you just and it's, slip. And it's a and yeah. it's a very dark place. Yeah. I mean, I've been there myself. Uh, you know, in the depths of depression, there is no light. It is just a darkness. And that is the one thing, you know, that I think about that I wish that there had been something that I could have done uh, to intervene in that. But the, it, the fact that she had expressed that right. she seemed to be getting better is what threw me off. Right. Let me ask you, because sometimes when children go through this and they, they start dealing with depression and so forth, there's bullying involved or something like that. Was there something like that in her life or no, just something no, that just came no, on its not, own? Right? Not that I'm aware of. Her friends, um, her you know, her friend group, um, they were at, at their ninth grade school, which is just only ninth graders, and that most of them were shocked. They said, yeah. we had no idea. You know, she was... Uh, a prankster. She was funny. She wanted to be a film producer. She had great creativity. She was the one that came in and asked people if they seemed down, you know, what's wrong? You know, what can we do to make you feel better? And she was just wearing a mask. And it's so hard, like I said, and and as parents, a lot of times don't know how to be able to talk to their teen when they're, they're going through that. And, and, and I've learned, I've been taught that you talk very directly to them. Exactly. And, and almost to the point of bluntness, like saying, oh, you're thinking about it. How are you thinking about taking your life? Right. You know, just be that way. But, you know, many parents are afraid to do that. Oh, I know. Afraid but, you might trigger them. It, yeah, because yeah. We are of the, a lot of people are of the mindset, if we talk about it, then they'll do it. Right. But we really haven't been talking about it. And they're still doing it. Well, obviously, you know, you talked about how you had experienced the depths of depression. I can't even I mean, that's the worst nightmare for every parent, what you went through. How did, I mean, it, it's been 12 years now, but I know it's not, it's still a big part of your life, obviously. Mm-hmm. How did you recover yourself from that? Well, um, when I found her on that Wednesday morning, um, I just, you know, dropped to my knees and I said, God, I, I cannot let this beautiful child, has her life been taken in vain? And you know, if you will just open the door, I will speak about this wherever I can go. Mm-hmm. I tried um, individual counseling. I tried a support group, and that did not work for me. Yeah. The only thing that has worked for me is to be able to take what I have experienced and use what I call Elizabeth's voice yeah. to be able to speak to parents, teachers, students, whoever, you know, to to be direct and just, you know, explain my experience and try to help them get through what, you know, what they're going through, because there's a lot of first and there's a lot of things that you don't think you'll go through, but you will. And I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I do not have. I mean, I carry Elizabeth in my heart and I think of her every single day. And that is not an exaggeration. You, you just became an advocate and you've been doing a lot of talking about, and obviously 
um, helping with suicide prevention awareness now, and now you're the chair of the Board of Mental Health. Do you ever think that you would have ended up here? Absolutely not. Wow. Absolutely not. I will say that when this happened, um, I had friends with the Department of Mental Health that immediately rallied around me and supported me. And I think I was an anomaly because most people don't want to talk about this. We live in the right. South, and, you know, suicide is kind of a dirty uh, top, you know, subject, but they supported me and they gave me venues in which to go with them and to share Elizabeth's story. And then several years later, I was appointed by Governor Bryant to serve as the representative from my congressional district on the board. And so, um, and then, you know, I'm now serving my time as the chairman of the board. But if you had asked me, you know, 15 years ago, if I would ever be talking to people about suicide, no, that was not in my thoughts of what I, my future would be like. I mean, I, a, I applaud you for your incredible strength and courage, um, but also to the fact that you've taken a tragedy in your life and you're now trying to help other people avoid that tragedy. A young man in my son's class took his life in the middle of the street. It was just a very horrible situation. And he, once again, he'd been getting help and it seemed like everything was going in the right direction for him. And we were at the funeral, and it was at a, a giant Baptist church. There was, uh, like, every kid from the class was there. And the grandfather got up there and was very blunt to all the kids and telling them exactly, you know, you need to, if you see a kid that you need that needs to be lifted up. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was one of the most powerful eulogies I'd ever sat through in my life. But, I mean, that's what we've got to do. We've exactly. got to be open and honest, and there's no stigma. Just get it out there to, so we can prevent this. Right. Yeah. House Bill. 263. And um, talk a little bit about that. That's the one that in, in requires school districts to provide suicide prevention training to new staff, correct? It, yes, yeah. it did. And um, it was passed in the 2017 legislative session. It yeah. required that all school district employees, so from bus drivers all the way up to superintendents, receive two hours of suicide wow. prevention training. What's some of the things that they learn? Um, so learning about warning signs, learning some of the things that Teresa was talking about that, that teachers and, and um, school staff just need to be aware of. Learning the warning signs, learning what to do if a child has said that they're thinking about yeah. suicide, who to go to, what resources are out there, um, and really just putting into place a plan for the school district um, that that bill also required that the that school districts have a policy in place to address suicide prevention. So, right. you know, who what are the chains of command that we do? What what resources do we have in our community that we're pulling into the schools? So, um, the the bill actually um, we were able to um, train sixty over sixty thousand uh, teachers in the state, educators wow. in the state. Um, and school district staff. So we're very excited that that um, has happened. Yeah, I remember my when my own wife went through that training, and she said how incredibly powerful it was. And, and that's when she learned that you, you know you talk very directly and very openly, and very that you don't mess around, you know you don't try to be kind or go around circles. You say, but let me ask you this: So, say I'm an English teacher at a middle school, and one of the students comes up to me and says, "I heard that you know Lisa was thinking about taking her life." Mm -hmm. what, at, at what point? What does that teacher do? I think the poor, the teacher needs to to have a conversation with the student. Yeah. Um, to check in with the student, we absolutely can't ignore a threat like that. Which the, the Lisa, the girl that's thinking about taking her yeah, life, yeah, okay. absolutely yeah. should have yeah with the student who's thinking about um, uh, dying by suicide. And do you, do you contact the parents or go to administration and go that route? Too? I think it depends on the school district's policy. Yeah. Um, but most school districts will say that we're going to contact the parents, but also involve um, you know maybe the local mental health centers who's providing. Um, services within that school district um and so you know definitely involving them as well because that ha i would have to think if you're a teacher and you just get hit with that you're just like oh no sure. you know because you definitely don't want to lose one of your children you don't want to lose one of your children and and it like Teresa said i mean it's a scary topic to talk about yeah and the biggest thing about talking about suicide is what if someone says that they are suicidal right what do we do then right um and so you know i think knowing that you don't have to do it alone knowing that there's resources out in the community that yeah. can help you um, those, that's just really important. And just knowing what those resources are, um, and how to access them, um, I think can help save lives. Well, if you, I mean, if you're a parent and your child comes up and says, I'm thinking about taking my life and you actually go and do everything right and go get the help, you still, you, you hold your breath for the rest of your life because you're just afraid of getting that call. Absolutely. Wow. Well, we're, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you so much. Um, Teresa, that was, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. 
We're going to take a quick break and come back and continue talking with Molly Gutierrez, Sandra Parks, and Teresa Molly. And if you'd like to be uh, part of the show today or ask the, our guests a question, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-6474. We're a community, folks. We need to jump in there if you'd like to. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. Don't go far. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. MPB News is leading the way, covering stories that matter to Mississippians with five first-place awards from the Associated Press, including breaking news, radio achievement, and public affairs reporting. Your source for a deeper look at today's top story is MPB News. Autocorrect is Think Radio's newest show. Let's learn a little bit about the show's expert, the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker. I'm named after Bobby Allison, NASCAR, famous driver. I remember the first car I fell in love with. I was about three years old, and I remember looking up at my dad's beautiful Thunderbird, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I remember just being a little girl looking up at it and just falling in love and wanting to know everything about it. Autocorrect, starting Thursday, September 13th at 10 a.m. on MPB Think Radio and on the Internet at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. We've got a very important show today. Thank you for listening. Uh, today we've been talking, of course, with Molly Portera, Sandra Parks, and Teresa Mosley with the Department of Mental Health. This is about suicide prevention. And there are some upcoming events, too. And, um, Molly, I, I know uh, you've got some great things coming up. So let's talk a little bit about your department and what you all do to to help with the awareness about suicide prevention. Sure. So September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and actually today is World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, so there's it, September really gives us a great opportunity to talk right. about suicide, raise awareness. Um, and on September 17th, we are having our second annual um, Suicide Prevention Symposium. Um, and the theme of it is Shattering the Silence by Working Together. Yes. Um, and we are showing uh, a documentary called Suicide, The Ripple Effect by Kevin Hines. Um, he's visited our state a couple of times, so some people might be familiar with his name. But at the age of 19, Kevin jumped from the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, attempted yeah. Suicide yeah, yeah. By jumping I've, from I've the, heard his story. Yeah. Wow. He survived, and he's made it his life mission to um, talk about suicide and, and, and raise awareness around the topic. And so we are actually having um, the co-director from the film and um, the, a retired Coast Guardsman who pulled Kevin from the water um, as part of a panel during the symposium, along with um, suicide prevention advocates and professionals within the field. Um, Teresa is actually going to be a part of our panel as well. Um, and so we are having that at the Jackson Convention Center, and registration is actually full. I had to close registration oh, wow. in fr- okay. on Friday. But there are opportunities to view that film all across the state. And yeah. if people are interested in um, showing that within their community, we can certainly um, talk about that. They you filled up it. the convention center. Well, the the theater room at the yeah. convention yeah. center. The, yeah. So That's great. Yeah, we're really excited about the response. Um, we had a great response last year at our first one, and, and this one even better so well if i remember his story correctly i mean literally the second he jumped he's like "Mm, this was not a good idea yeah Yeah, absolutely he regretted it and um you know so many factors came into play that day that that you know he feels really led him to where he is today about raising awareness around suicide and so um we're really excited about his documentary and the story's not just about his story but it's about other people's stories and people who um have had family members die by suicide and, yeah. and the effects that it, the ripple effect that it has um across lives so yeah talk about that a little bit because i mean i don't think people real until you go through something like that i don't think you really realize that like you said the ripple effect absolutely i mean we know that thousands of people die each year by suicide i mean yeah. in our in our country it's 45,000 people die i mean each. that's like up there with car wrecks and i mean yeah. the vietnam war is 50,000 when, when you so. break that down by yeah. day it's about 123 people on average by day lose their life to suicide in our in our country wow um, and so when you think about how many friends and family members that affects or just kind of day-to-day folks that you run into. I mean, it's affecting everyone. And so I don't think that around this room, I know we can say that um, we have, we all know someone who's been affected by suicide. 
and it's the most preventable death out there. Right. Just let me ask, number one, are those numbers going up? Have they increased over over time? And also, too, what is driving it? I mean, because obviously, I mean, we live in a more distracted society now where it seems like we've got – you know, all these different things. It's almost like our brains can't handle the, the stimuli that we're getting thrown at us. Yeah. What, what's driving it? I know in Mississippi um, in 2016, we had 385 people die by suicide. And that number was actually down from, from 2015 numbers. So mm-hmm. that that is good. Um, but as the CDC released a report back in June. Um, in Mississippi, there was a 17.8 increase in deaths by suicide from 1999 to 2016. And the rate of suicide in the U.S. increased by 25%. So we're below that average, but yeah. any any increase I've got to is, say one is horrible. Yeah, any yeah. increase is not acceptable. So. Well, and then on top of that, not only we've talked a lot about children, but, I mean, there's adults that are facing this also, and then our military friends in the military, too, a lot of them with PTSD have been dealing with this, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Um, it's very prevalent in, in, in the military, but also in older white males. Yeah. Um, the, the rate is actually highest in older adults. Um, than it is in, even in youth. Really? So, mm-hmm. Well, any particular reason why? Um, it, it's, Medical or just, a, you know, they're just tired of living? or so, uh, Yeah, I think, I mean, there's really no one factor that yeah. plays into it, but um, I think those are certainly risk right. um, associated with it. Why is it important for mental health providers to focus on trauma? Well, you know, and looking at how this, how trauma and, and suicide connect, um, yeah. there are so many different things out there that, um, children and individuals that are exposed to trauma can happen um, environmentally or through natural disasters, right. um, you know, through a, some sort of abuse when they're younger, um, exposure to violence. Yeah. Um, even having a parent incarcerated counts as an, as a traumatic a- event for a child. And so they are certainly at risk, yeah. um, you know, for suicide. Um, actually, you know, Teresa was talking about um, Elizabeth having anxiety. Um, anxiety disorders um, are the number one mental health issues in children. and um, Which anxiety, by definition, is worrying about the future. Depression is something from the past, right, more or less. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But number one mental health diagnosis in children and youth is in schools is anxiety with yeah. number two being depression. So everything from worrying about your grades to maybe yeah. social situations to being bullied to so forth. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Right. And that's so hard. Like I said, you know, we talked a little bit about the phones situation. I remember, you know, I grew up thankfully before Al Gore invented the internet and, you know, I mean, yeah, seriously, if somebody bullied yeah. me, I could go home and I had a safe exactly. place. I didn't have somebody piping it into me 24 seven. So it's a lot tougher on kids today. Yes, it is, and that's why it's very important. Also, as parents and teachers, you can put restrictions um, on social media and on from their cell phones or having access to it by having them turn it off at night or turning it off during certain times of the day as well. The symposium that's coming up, when you talked a little bit about the film, what are some other things that are going to be going on there too? Um, Well, so we're also – like I said, we're able to show um, the symposium. Sorry, show the um, documentary across the state. So if anybody's interested in, in hosting that in their community, okay. I was going to ask that. you about that because you said people could see it across the state. I was going to see how that. Absolutely. Up. So we purchased a license to be able to show that in communities across the state. And nice. So we can partner with um, an organization, or uh, we actually have an event coming up um, at the end of September for youth and college students at the Four C's in Clinton. Um, where we're going to be showing the film to to the youth and having a small panel. It'll be kind of a scaled-down version of our symposium. And then the following Tuesday, we are doing that with parents. Yeah. Um, and so if, if people are interested in that, they can contact the four C's in Clinton, and um, they are welcome to come. And I think there's food available, too. Yeah, so, there you go. Um, <laughs> so that's yes. exciting. Um, but so that's just an example of, of where we're showing it across the state. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'd be happy to, to do that Um in, in your community. Yeah. And of course, how can they contact you to find out about that? Sure. They're welcome to call me at 601-359-1288. Okay. That's 601-359-1288. And, and, uh, let me ask the reaction. So when you go speak to grownups or parents, and then when you go talk to kids, talk about the difference in, in the reaction to the information, how do they react? 
Um, there definitely is a difference. Um, a lot of times when we talk to students, we're really impressed by how many students stick around at the end to talk um, yeah. about this, about what we've presented on. And I just want to say it's so important for us to get out and talk about suicide and really just open the lines of communication. Because as Teresa said, two of Elizabeth's friends knew that she was thinking about this. And that's a lot for, for teenagers to have on their shoulders. Right. Like, what do you do with that information? As adults, we're scared when we find out someone is thinking about suicide. So imagine what that's like for a kid. And so part of our um, Shadow the Silence campaign is to talk to students about not keeping it a secret, first of all, but then also who's a trusted adult that I can go and tell this information to right. and identifying that. And same when we talk to adults, you know, same similar information. Don't keep it a secret. Don't think you have to do it alone. Know your resources. Know what's out there and um, and, and help the person. Teresa said something very powerful, and I can't remember if it was on the air or off the air because that's just it's Monday. My brain's that way said that this generation, that the kids today will probably be the first generation that will remove the stigma from it. And I mean, a lot of times that stigma is caused by religious, maybe a religious background. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I mean, that was what was so powerful about the eulogy from the grandfather, for instance, he was standing right in the middle of a church saying, you know what, this is, this is real. This happened. We have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought that was incredibly powerful thinking the kids, and, and I agree with you. I think the kids now are like, Hey, look, you know, it's like my son said, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to get shot today at school. I was like, go up. What? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're facing things that we never had to face. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really encouraged over the last year just to, to see how many more schools are interested in how many more teachers are interested in learning more about mental health issues, learning more about suicide prevention. And so that's hopeful for me that more people um, are opening up to the conversation. Well, I know when you're seriously, when you're that age and I remember the first time I lost a friend, uh, died in a car accident mm-hmm. in high school. I mean, that was like suddenly, oh, you mean I'm not immortal? Because when you're a kid, you think you're you're going to live forever. And so when you lose a friend to suicide, suddenly, you know, you're like, oh, okay, we need to pay attention here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's really powerful as well. Um, Jewel Hillary, I, I've heard Jewel's story. I think that's talking about her father. Um I mean, you've got some incredible speakers coming in, too. We do. We're really, really honored to have such wonderful speakers as part of our panel at the symposium. And um, Jewel Hillary is one of them, and and she is an advocate for suicide prevention and has been so great in reporting about suicide in the Mm -hmm. media responsibly. Right. Um, That's important, too. It is incredibly responsible. Responsibly. Mm -hmm. So what is what is technically what is how do you define responsibly just? Well, not glorifying yeah. um, the death, maybe not releasing um, details about how the person took their life. Um, that's really important because yeah. we find that, that releasing those inf- that information. It can just, trigger. It triggers and can glorify um, the suicide. There's a TV show that's coming on. I've noticed it in the ads. I'm not sure which network it's on, but the, the friend killed himself and all the kids. I mean, all the, the they're centered. I'm, I'm, I, I was it. like going. Okay, maybe this is going to be good, or maybe this is not going to be good. I know, I'm interested to yeah, see how that plays see out. See how they handle that. So, because mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, we can't get to the point where we don't talk about it. But if we do talk about, it, we need to talk about it in a way that actually helps people. Right. So, like what right. you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. We're yeah. as part of the panel too. We're we're happy to have Dr. Mike Anestis, who is the director mm-hmm. of Suicide and Emotion Dysregulation Lab mm-hmm. at the at USM. Um, Brenda Patterson is uh, local to this area, and she's the director of Contact the Crisis Line, which does a lot of work with the Department of Mental Health and answering the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, um, but also providing mental health resources um, across our state. And then, of course, we're having Teresa, Teresa Mosley, um, who's with us here today. Yeah, she's a rock star. Right, she's she famous. is. She's wonderful. <laughs> and then Mark and uh, Darla Eubank are joining us, and um, they uh, are suicide prevention advocates who lost their son Bailey to suicide. Oh, yeah. Um, so we are happy to to have all of those people as part of our Oh, that's panel. a fantastic lineup. really is. Oh, yeah, and I might mention, too, Teresa's an incredible driver. She is. Her, yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll be there Maybe right I'll time. be on time. She will. I'll know where to go. I was just checking my phone. If there was a, a sighting of a UFO going down Ridgeland, Ridgeland Drive today. So I tell you what, we're going to take one more break here, and when we return, we're going to find out how you can help with suicide prevention in your city and your own family. And I tell you what, I, I know some of you have questions or you maybe have something that's on your mind. This is your time to call. Give us a call at 877-672-6474. That's 877-MPB-RING. Or you can email me at marshallmpbonline.org. Stay tuned for more Now You're Talking, only on MPB Think Radio.
Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, on a beautiful Monday. That's a little dreary out there, but that's okay. At least it's not 900 degrees, so you've got to be thankful for the small things. Hey, we have a great show today. Thank you for being part of it, and thanks for listening. And it's an incredibly important topic. We're talking a little bit, well, today is Suicide Prevention um, Awareness Day all around the world. And, of course, this is Suicide Prevention uh, Awareness Month as well, September is. And we've been talking about that today. We have Molly Potera, Sandra Parks, and Teresa Mosley with the Department of Mental Health here in Mississippi. And we've been talking about that. And I know some of you may have questions, so we'd love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-6474. We were just mentioning a little bit off in the break there have been so many high-profile uh, celebrities, for instance, that have taken their life. And, you know, all people, well, we didn't see it coming. And it's so tough with celebrities because they're actors mm-hmm. and they're acting. You know, I mean, a lot of times people that kill themselves are acting anyway. But, I mean, they're, so nobody sees it coming. So we obviously talk about it and then they glorify how it happens usually. But people write about it and they put the suicide prevention hotline number on there. And I, I noticed the last time when, when Anthony Bonane died that a lot of people were like, don't put that number on the bottom of the... What is that about? I don't understand. Yeah, a lot of times people think that if we talk about suicide, people are going to be more likely to complete suicide. Right. And kind of like Teresa was talking about earlier, the reality of it is, is, is that if a person is thinking about suicide... Talking about it, that's the one thing they want you to do. Right. They want you to ask them and about ask it. them. It's like, hey, how are you? How are you planning right. to kill yourself? Yeah, Which we is... don't we don't know how to approach someone. Maybe to say that we're thinking about it, but if someone asks, it's like breaking down the barrier right. for them. Um, and, and it shows that you've recognized that they're hurting and that you want to help them. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of times there's there's the myth out there that people are talking about suicide just to get attention. Yeah. Well, let's give them some attention. Exactly. Man. You know, if, there's nothing if, wrong with if, that. If that if that's the 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 way that they are showing that they need help, let's give them that attention. Um, you know, and and not regret when we don't. Um, you know, when we don't give them attention. So. The parents, obviously, we talked a little bit about beginning that conversation, being very direct with them, and being open. Which is, like I said, do the completely the opposite of what you think you need to do as a parent. And of course. It's terrifying, too, if you're a parent and you're having to have this discussion with your child because suddenly you're like, oh, no, every morning you wake up and you, 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 you're you glad when they come out of their room kind of thing. And, you know, but l- let me ask you about that, because it's like, um, you know, what are, we've talked a little bit about the signs and so forth. But if you're a parent and you suspect your child may be doing this, where do you start? I think it's best to start with having a conversation right. with them. I mean, let's let's have a conversation and and see what information we can we can gather. But know that there's resources like your community mental health center yeah. and there's one in every single county of our state that can help. They have therapists on staff who can help parents um, figure out what's going on with my child. And if it turns out to not be anything and maybe they just need some some support here and there from a therapist, okay, great. But start the conversation and start the process because you don't ever want to be on the flip side and, and regret possibly not looking for yeah. um, for help for your child. Well, I mean, and Teresa talked, touched a little bit with Elizabeth. You know, y'all had done, you, you'd gotten her help, you'd gotten her medication, you'd done everything that possibly you thought you should do, and it still happened. How do you, I mean, how do you, I mean, and obviously you're probably, you probably beat yourself up for a long time on that. Um, every day. I know. And it's like, how do you, I mean, I mean, what is there a cure for this? I, I don't even know if that's the right word. I think particularly if with early adolescence, I think with a 15 year old, yeah. you think that the way you feel today 
is the way that you are going to feel for the rest, rest of your of life. Your life. Yeah. Whereas, you know, as old as I am, you know, I've realized that things, I may have a bad day today. You, and, tomorrow, and you did. And you I had, did. You, yeah. And I pray that tomorrow will be better. <laughs> but I think they think, I, you know, it's just the pain is yeah. so severe that the only way out is to just end it all, you know. And that's what's so sad is, you know, if you can just hang on and if you can get the help you need, that's the, that's the yeah. problem that I find is I have a lot of parents that call me. I can't tell them anything to do with their child except to get professional help. Yeah. I'm not a professional. I'm a suicide survivor. Right. You know, and it's one of these things that although I am a Christian, I don't like the I think we can pray this away. You're just not praying hard enough to get rid of this depression or this anxiety. It is an illness. Mental yeah. health is an illness, just like diabetes heart disease, whatever, and you've got to have help. Well, here's the thing about the stigma thing that always kills me about this is that if you break your leg and you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor. You don't think anything of it. If you have a heart attack, people are going to bring you casseroles. <laughs> if you have depression, everybody goes, he's got depression. <laughs> your brain's lying to you, you know, and there should be no stigma to it because you need to get some help. And that's that's the, the real tragedy of this is it keeps people from getting help. Right. Yeah. Right. We got to get rid of that. And then, you know, you hear people, well, you know, suicide's selfish. No, suicide's yeah. somebody in a lot of pain. Exactly. It's not selfish. You know, it's really tough. Suicide prevention lifeline. That's that's incredibly important. Yeah. So the lifeline um number is 1-800-273-8255. And they have counselors available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to yeah. talk to people who um just need a listening ear, right. just need someone to talk to and don't know where to turn. Um, and there's also a crisis text line out there. We find that, you know, a lot of times, especially youth, don't want to call in and talk about their problems, but maybe they'll text someone. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that number, which is 741741, okay. you can text into to that. And there's a counselor who gets back to the person within five minutes. Um, and, and you can, you know, find support that way as well. Any final thoughts? Um, I think we just got to continue the conversation. We just... We, Bring mental health into your home, like Teresa said. I mean, make that part of your daily discussions with your children. How are you doing? You know, notice things like if they're withdrawing from friends or, yeah. you know, any type of substance use or anything like that. Um, just take note of those things and, and make it a priority in your home to uh, to address that every day. Yeah, that's incredibly powerful because I know sometimes as parents we get caught up in our own little worlds and sometimes we forget to look at the people that mean the most to us. Absolutely. It's incredibly powerful. That number again is 1-800-273-8255, and that's the number as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Like I said, this was an incredibly powerful show, and I appreciate you coming in. We'll get you all back in next year, too. We're going to continue talking about this on this show. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Well, want to thank our guests, Molly Patera, Sandra Parks, with the Department of Mental Health, and a very special thanks to Teresa Mosley for sharing her story and saving lives. If you missed any of today's show and like to hear past episodes, log on to our website at mpbonline.org. Now you're talking this production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio and is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Please stay tuned for Southern Remedy and join us next week for more. Now you're talking only here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all.